Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Hey, take a seat. Uh, we're just in the middle of this epic discipleship um, series that we're doing at the moment. And uh, last week, who heard Jared and Mitch bring uh, some great words of encouragement and direction around uh, discipleship? And I love what Bill Johnson says that if we're like going to be a king in life or be a leader in life, that we should actually lead with the heart of a servant. That means we're not just going to climb on people to get to the top, but we're actually going to be people that just come around and love uh, people as the leader. And then if we're going to be a servant, that we should actually serve in the world with what we're doing with the heart of a king. Like you're not a slave if you're serving here in life or you're doing the dishes at home or whatever you're doing, picking up rubbish. Like you're called to be a part of his kingdom and it's a just an awesome privilege to be a part of God's kingdom, you know, and to serve in his house. Actually, I got here tonight and my son Tristan was on the vacuum cleaner out the back cleaning out. Let's put our hands together for Tristan. He's awesome. Actually, Tristan, you are just an amazing young man and I am so proud to have you as my son, just saying. I just think you're epic and I've never got to say that from the front, so I I love you. You're amazing. Anyway, I want to start uh, with tonight's message. I've actually got a video. Yeah, everyone loves videos. Woo! Not quite cartoons. Check this out. This is, this is called, Have You Been Getting Brainwashed? And Are You Good to Go Down the Back? Isn't that amazing? If that guy's telling the truth, which I hope he is, then the world's getting better. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, your life is not, exactly, is, is not as bad, potentially, as you actually think it is. And, and I just, those stats are really, really interesting. But I love that point that he makes is that actually it's all about the perspective that we have. Our inlook determines our outlook, essentially, isn't it? And um, uh, what if there, I want to ask you tonight, what if there was a, a whole other perspective that you could live your life from? I want to just start by saying tonight that you were born to be an overcomer in your life. You were born, the Bible says you were born to be the head and not the tail. You were born to, to take dominion. You were born to be someone who was able to leave, uh, to lead on a, on a positive edge with your life. You, you weren't created uh, on, in a bad moment in God's heart. You weren't created, God wasn't having a bad day when He thought, well, I just need to bring this person into the world. God had a great day when He thought of you coming into existence. And He has got incredible plans and purposes uh, for your life. And the problem is that we go through life, and a lot of us go through life actually looking at ourselves in a cracked mirror. And it's reflecting back to us. See, this world reflects back to us a broken image of itself, essentially. And we see ourselves, and we're looking for ourselves in the world around us. We're looking in the world around us for affirmation, for identity, for security, and, and, and that, that desire to look for who I am in community is actually a God-given desire. It's actually a good thing, but you need to be looking in the right places to find the affirmation that you uh, were born to have. You know, whatever instructs you in life becomes your structure for life, like he was saying. 
Whatever you're feeding yourself, whatever you're watching on TV, whatever you're checking out on Facebook or whatever, that is actually influencing the core of who you are as a person. And I want to just tell you that God has got the best news tonight for your life. He has just got radically good, good news for your situation in life. The Bible says that he, he rejoices over you with singing. Like he, he really, he's looking at your life and he's looking at you and he's thinking, there's something about Emma. There's something, there's something about you guys. There's something about this person that I am so for and I'm so longing for them to see themselves the way that I see them. And my life has actually been like an arm wrestle. You know how like you're just like arm wrestling like good self and bad self sometimes? Does anyone feel like that? It's like good self, come on, win. Good thoughts, win. And bad thoughts come in. And it's like... And that's, that's how my life's been. But, you know, with Jesus in my life, I generally, I would say 90% of the time, I have eventually like bit the arm wrestle down. And I'm like, I've got God's truth for my life. And I've gone on and I've taken a hold of what he's called me to do. And I just want to tell you, man, I have never regretted having Jesus Christ in my life. I have never regretted his love uh, for me and engaging in like his call for me in the tough situations. And I just want to open the Bible tonight from 1 Samuel um, chapter 30. I've got it on the big screen tonight. And um, we're just going to read from this. We're just following on this uh, series of discipleship with David once again. And this is where David destroys the Amalekites. Everyone say Amalekites. Amalekites. That's right. They're just friends with the Vegemites. Uh, Now, they, I know, you've never heard that before. Uh, now the Amalekites, actually they were the enemies. Everyone say boo. 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 They raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attached Ziklag. Man, the Bible has weird words in it, just saying. And they burned it. And they had taken captive the woman and everyone else in it, both young and old. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it and destroyed uh, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters uh, had been taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, and Jezreel, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal. Of, and then verse 6, David was greatly distressed because the men uh, were talking of stoning him. And now this is throwing rocks at him, that kind of version of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Say, strength in the Lord his God. He found strength right there. And it says, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And then God said, pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. 
It's awesome. I love a rescue mission, you know, and God's got a, a plan to rescue our region. He's got a plan to rescue our planet, and it starts with every one of us saying, you know, I want to be a part of the rescue team. And I don't know where you're at tonight, where your life's at, or why you've turned up to church here. It's lovely to see you. Hi, my name's Glenn, and I just really want to welcome you. But I know that your life, that you live out there at home and at school and in another environment, you're facing all sorts of battles in your life. And tonight, you may actually feel like in some way in your life, you're at a crisis point. There could be some things that are going really well in your life and you're studying well. But actually, in this area of your identity and your self-esteem, you're actually feeling like you're in a crisis point in your life. If that's you tonight and you're like really wrestling and challenging through some stuff into this next season, this is the word for you tonight. See, David was in a crisis, and his men, his, his mates, essentially were about to turn on him, and he was about to be stoned to death. His family was lost. His friends were all against him. And, the, and in the Hebrew language, the definition of ziklag, which was what, where he was at, it, it, it means it's a place of pressure and distress. And I just want to put out there and ask you tonight, like, where do you run to? Where do you go to when you, where does your mind even go to when you are in a place of pressure and distress? See, David had options. He, he, he still had options in this place of pressure. And, and, but, but David was this man, and the Bible says that in Acts, that he, that in Acts, the book of Acts was written like 500 odd years after David. And it encapsulates David's life in just one sentence. It says, you know, because David was, ama- he was amazing. He was a hero. He took down giants. He led uh, like armies, and he did incredible exploits. But it encapsulates David's life, and it says that he was a man after God's heart. That's, that's how it's, he was after God's heart. And even in this crisis, what happens in this crisis, in this place of pressure and distress, David actually refuses to substitute the Father's voice. And the words read, but David found strength in the Lord his God. David found strength in the Lord his God. You know, my message tonight is just called, there are no substitutes for the Father's voice. There are no substitutes. Nothing is as precious to your life, to your tomorrow, to your next year, to your 10 years, than the Father's voice in your world. His voice is going to be greater than any other catalyst for your future. It's going to be greater than any other education, any other advice that you could get in your life. His voice is the, he is the launch pad for your destiny. He is the why, and he is, he's not just something that we do just because our mates are doing, you know, like the whole scene. He's, he's actually right there with you in your life. He wants to be enmeshed in your story, in your life. See, David, the text could have said this, but David said, I'm not going to seek God. David actually said, bring on the stones. Just stone me. It's all over. I give up. I am, I'm like, this is, you know, um, yeah, it's hopeless. It's, it's not cool. Or, 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 but David ran away. <laughs> what if the Bible said that? What if David was like, oh, I'm out of here. You know, like David ran away. Uh, or it could say, 
Or it could have said, like we might do, it was like, but David had an idea. It doesn't say that, does it? It says, but David found his strength in the Lord, his God. Do you know, if, he, if, if David had said, you know, stone me, or I'm going to run away, or, hmm, but David had an idea, I think the outcome for his life would have been completely different. And it probably, in that moment, would have actually ended in his death. And, and he didn't allow the destruction, because he was in a crisis, he was in a bad space, and he didn't allow the pressure of that environment to actually dedicate and dictate where he would go when in the place of pressure and distress. He, did, he, he just said, no, there's no substitute in my life for the Father's voice. And I just believe that tonight, there's some people here. I, like, I love people. Like, people are awesome. You people are just awesome people. People are good. God loves people. People are in his heart. And he has got, he's thinking of you tonight. And I believe some people are going to be set up tonight for some divine encounters with their destiny in weeks to come. Like, honestly, like I just so believe that as a church, we are just poised on the edge of breakthrough. We're actually right on the edge of his, his breakthrough and purposes uh, for our lives. And it's really hard to see that when we might be actually feeling underappreciated or misunderstood or just kind of rejected or like at a loose end. Or like, what am I doing? I'm just here on Friday night or Saturday, Sunday night. That's where we are. And, you know, it's like, what am I doing? I'm just here. What is, what's this guy talking about? He's crazy. And, and, and maybe you're feeling frustrated with your friends or your family or, or and, and, and you're like, what, what does he mean that I'm on the edge of some kind of breakthrough? I just want to tell you that God is leaning into your life. Like the Father is leaning into you. He's like, he's like closer than your cell phone. He's like more engaging. He, he wants to be more engaged than Facebook with your life. He is really leaning into you. Do you know that your faith matters, your prayers matters, and catching the, the Father's voice for your word for your world really, really matters. David remained true to his call. And I want to call you up as people who have that same heart after God's heart, that you would be a people who, actually, who pursued God's heart no matter what it looked like, no matter what the voices around you said, no matter what the distractions, no matter what brainwashing is trying to come at you and just say, your life is in, you're in a bad place, this is a bad situation. I want to tell you tonight that you're on, on the ed, edge of breakthrough. And I love what Jared was um, praying tonight. I just really believe that was a real word from God around just believing for our friends to really encounter the love of the Father's heart. You know, you were created to have influence in the this world with the Word of God. You can't have the kind of influence that God wants you to have without His Word in your life. And I'm talking about at your high school, at your university, amongst your peers, even in the lives of those who you would call your enemies. Like there's people around you that probably irritate you and maybe look down on you, but God is calling us to be a courageous people to bring His Word of love and light out at this time into the people around us. And I believe that one day, you know, we've all got the story that we're writing, right? Like God is, we're writing a story and God's like, flip, I just, we'll just, let's just write that bit together. It's looking a bit dangerous. And, 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 and we're writing the story and, and I, he's like looking at us. And, and I think that we're going to have those situations in our lives and we're face, facing that fear and we're facing that distress and that pressure in our lives. And it'll be like, you know, that, 
that Jared strengthened himself in the Lord. You know, but Abby strengthened herself in the Lord. In that place of pressure, Leanne strengthened herself in the Lord. See, we're called, but Tracy strengthened herself in the Lord. So where do you go in the place of pressure and distress? I want to tell you that God is the place to go to find strength. If you're looking for strength in your life, if you're looking for purpose in your life, He wants to be that place of strength and that place of purpose for your life. As a 12-year-old, I'm sorry if you've heard this story. It's my best story ever. No. <laughs> I did this speech at school. And the teacher, I did this speech, right, and it just like... And I remember at the end of it, the, the teacher just crushed me with his feedback in front of the class. And he totally humili- humiliated me. And I remember him saying that I looked like a windmill with my arms because I was quite expressive. And, and um, I remember everyone just laughing at me. And at that time, like, it, was a pretty, it was a tough time. Because uh, I think there was a real battle for actually God's call on my life, like there is for every one of our lives, especially in these kind of like teenage and younger years. There's actually a real wrestle that we face around destiny and around we're emerging out, we're coming out of like that childhood stage and we're coming into that adult and we're child adult and we're like, who am I in the middle of this? And I was in this kind of space in my life and and, I, and I'd had that and I was getting bullied at school and I remember I had this um, one guy like ramming grass down my throat and scouring my face up and getting headlocks and being punched in the head and it was just a really yucky time for my life. I really, really did not enjoy that. It was an intermediate school in Blenheim. And, and I remember I had this inner voice speaking to me at this time. And, and it was said, you need to protect yourself. <laughs> it's like, you need to run away. You need to get away. And you don't ever put yourself in those situations where you could be crushed and where you could be humiliated again. And, and I, I, just, I just was just losing confidence in this time. And I remember when I was about 14 or 15, I made this, this inner vow. And, I, and my vow was, I'm going to refuse to speak publicly in high school, uh, in school. I'm just like, I'm never getting up in front of people in my life again. And I, rem- I would go home at lunchtime because actually so full of self-hatred. I just hated how I looked. I hated so much about myself. It's depressing, isn't it? And I, w- I went home. I couldn't walk across a quad at Rungira High. It was just too much for me to actually physically do that. And I would go home at lunchtime so people wouldn't see me. That's how ashamed I was of myself. And I... And, and I remember even when I was asked to do speeches, I would just sit in class like the teacher would say, it's your turn to get up and do the speech. And I would just totally point blank ignore them like they weren't even irrelevant to my life. <laughs> just like, whatever. Uh, always on the back row. And uh, that's a safe place. Back rows down there, right. Uh, <laughs> And then I like kind of, you know, Jesus got in my world and I remember the first time I was asked to um, preach at, at a church and, and um, I remember this war of words going on inside me and there was like, no, nah, you know, the arm wrestle, you can do this, no, nah, you can't do this, this is like, what's great, how do I figure this out, I'm going to humiliate myself in the end, I didn't show up and they just had a really long worship time. 
And that was my, <laughs> I was just like defeated. Oh, mate. And, and so I just had, I knew that there was something that God wanted to call me into being, but I had to leave some stuff behind. I had to leave some words that had shaped me and hurt me and some memories that had defined who I was at that point. I actually had to lay them down and, and, and actually put them at the cross, but it didn't mean just it was going to be easy. Once you lay something down to Jesus, you actually have to still stand up into that authority that He's actually given us. And, and I just found that like a really tough journey for me to uh, even, like it might look easy for you to for me holding a microphone and preaching in front of church, you know, like, I still have sleepless nights on Saturday, like last night, I still like, I still like only had three hours sleep last night, I don't know why that was, because I'm really not that scared of you anymore, Uh, but you know, I just like, those echoes of our past actually want to confine us and dominate our lives, but they really, in the light of who Jesus is, and who he's calling you to become, are actually just dark, it's just shadows, it's just shadows, it's not the reality of who you are, and, and, I want to just read this to you. Do you know that if the voices in our soul that were established from moments of pain or loss are left unchallenged and unredeemed, those voices, whoa, I'm yellow. I feel like I'm in a urinal. Uh, (laughs) Oh, wow, I'm going to need to read that quote again. (laughs) Sorry, this is my third sermon for the day. Uh, Do you know? (laughs) That was you, Matt Tolson, wasn't it? Uh, (laughs) Do you know that if the voices in our soul that were established from moments of pain or loss are left unchallenged and unredeemed, those voices will set limits on our ability to be truly ourselves. Like God wants you to discover who you are. He wants you to know how great you are, how lovable you are, how incredible uh, the plan is that He has for your life, and He wants you to be set free from those limitations that you that have been built up in your own mind through perhaps years of brainwashing that has come your way. And I believe that today Jesus wants to rewrite the rules that you've placed around your life about what you can do. He wants you to take the limits off and actually say, you know, God, anything's possible with Christ who strengthens me. Anything's possible in my life. Anything's actually possible tomorrow at at school or at work or wherever I'm going. Anything is actually possible with you, Jesus. I just want to encourage you that you are, with Christ, you live a life that the, the limitations are actually endless. He is an incredible God and He has got no limits for your life. And His Word is faithful and true uh, for you in this season. So I just want to just finish up tonight by just saying it's time to wage war. Maybe it's time for you to wage war on some of the substitutes that have been confining you and restricting you. Some of those things that have substituted the Father's voice in your life that actually you know, have just come in and they've robbed a piece of your identity or they've robbed the perspective of yourself because they were actually never, it never belonged there. That, that voice never actually uh, was, was, was in God's heart for, to uh, confine you or, or, or define you. And I just want to read you the scripture from 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. This is awesome. Because to actually receive God's Word, we've actually got to let some of those old things go and those old words go over our lives. It says this, because for though we live in the world, 
we do not wage war as the world does. That's aggressive, isn't it? Like we do not wage war. The war, the world is saying that the world is actually at war. And there's a, there's a kind of war going on around our lives. It says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Everyone say demolish strongholds. And it says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love this passage of Scripture. It's an aggressive passage of Scripture, and it's actually urging us to engage in this warfare of our mind. It's calling us up to identify the lies and not just to live with the lies, not just to live with those limitations, but to to actively seek them and crush them and take them out of our life. And it talks about us breaking off these lies of our minds. And maybe those lies that are around you tonight could have come from your friends. They could have come from your reflection in the mirror. They could have come any way and the way that your parents have spoken over you or the way you've interpreted things in your life. But God doesn't want you to live under the restriction of strongholds and arguments and um, those disobedient thoughts. There's three statements here. I just want to zero in these. Strongholds. It says we... Demolish strongholds. It says we have the divine power to demolish strongholds. What's a, what's a stronghold for your life tonight? Maybe it's rejection. You know, if you walk into a room and it's a full room and you're just like feeling like you're on the outside and that you're isolated and it's a scary place for you, then there's every chance that actually there's a rejection thing around your life that's a stronghold. Because the truth of the matter is, is that you're not rejected. If no one says hi to you, it's probably accidental. It's probably that you're not actually being avoided. It's probably that someone just forgot to see you or something like that, you know. Rejection, it's a big deal. It's actually a really big, it's a bad thing in the human condition. We, so many people walk around with this fear of rejection on their lives. Fear, that's another, it can be a real stronghold in our lives and it can confine us to actually never stepping out and engaging with the faith call that is on our lives. Shame. You know, regret for things that you've done or people have said over you. You can wear this blanket of shame in your life. Maybe lust, pride, anger, or gossip. You know, they're all just kind of like, they are what they are. But they can actually become strongholds that we actually, they can find and restrict our thinking and we can't actually get out of them. We can't stop thinking about whatever. You know, that's like what a stronghold is. And it becomes this place in our minds that is fortified against freedom. And God wants to pull that down. He wants to pull that down. He wants to pull that off your life tonight. If it's like something that is just like a stronghold in your mind, arguments or pretensions. This is Maybe this is like, man, every time you want to do something good, all you're thinking about is, I can't do that because I'm not good enough. Or maybe I've just like, it's, it, there's this accusation thing at your life that you, you did something bad once so that you could never actually be the kind of Christian that you're called to be. And there's this accusation and this argument at you and you're like wrestling and arguing in your own head about your life and about who you're meant to be and, and you're actually not in a place of peace. Someone who's got this internal conflict and argument 
going on is not actually living in a place of peace. And if that's you tonight, God wants you to smash that in the head so that you can live in peace. Like you are, you are born to live in peace. Lastly, take captive disobedient thoughts like that. Naughty thought. <laughs> it's like, what are you going down that train of thought, brain, you know? And maybe this is as simple as your thoughts lying to you about who you are, about how lovable you are, about how precious you are, how valuable you are, and what a great future God has for you. Maybe it's that thought of, I'm not good enough. I'm under condemnation. See, that's the whole point of Jesus, that in Jesus we are good enough. (laughs) There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I just wonder if you would all stand with me tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. You know, there's just absolutely no substitute for God's love for you in this moment. There's no substitute for grace. You know, you can't earn yourself into God's favor. By grace, He's given you favor. For it's by grace, through faith, that we receive salvation, that we receive eternal life. This this is not by works, so no one can boast. You know, there's no substitute for His love for you tonight. And if you're here tonight, and you're like, actually, I really realize that I've just been really beating myself up about who I am. I just keep living in those regrets of the last five years of my life. And it's just like round and round. And you're just feeling like you're in an arm wrestle with your good self and your bad self constantly. Jesus has just got freedom for you in this place tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you've just never encountered this grace, this kind of love, this kind of radical goodness of God. And you've always felt like you've got to earn God's approval for your life. I just want to just, maybe we'll just, every eye closed and head bowed in this moment. I just believe some people here do just need to respond to unconditional love in this moment. If that's you right now, and Jesus is offering you unconditional love in this moment, by His grace, I just wonder if you just lift up your hand and you say, yeah, I want to receive that unconditional kind of love. Is there anyone here tonight who says, yeah, I just want to step into this relationship with love, this relationship with grace, this relationship with freedom? You know, you've been substituting God's goodness with other things and there's no other substitute for His love that God would look at your life and say, but so-and-so was a man or a woman after my heart. Is there anyone here tonight? Awesome. Anyone else here tonight? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for salvation right now. We just thank you for your love right now, God. We just thank you for your presence right now, God. I just want to just say a simple prayer, and you can just repeat this after me right now. Dear Jesus. Okay, I say dear Jesus, you say dear Jesus. 
everybody. Dear Jesus, I just welcome you. I welcome you into my heart. I want to surrender just the stuff that's been hurting me at your feet. And I want to stand on your grace and in your love tonight. I want to follow you. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come into my life. Amen. Awesome.